to the Uplevel Your Relationships podcast. I'm your hostess, Allison Anderson, MD. This is the place where high-achieving women come to create relationships as extraordinary as their careers. If you're looking to uplevel all of your relationships, including the one with yourself, I've got you. Using evidence-based mindset tools, my training as a life coach, and my own experience as a physician, wife, and mom, I'll teach you everything you need to know to create relationships beyond your wildest dreams. I'm so excited that you're here. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Uplevel Your Relationships podcast. I do not take your energy or attention lightly, and I'm so grateful that you're here yet again with me. I have a special episode for you today with a guest. You know, I love to bring on other badass women who have so much to offer to the world. And so today's guest is Diane Shelton. She is a multi-offer strategist and business coach at Passion Breakthrough. She spent over a decade leading global teams at Fortune 500 companies to launch and scale multi-million dollar online projects. But the success of it all just left her feeling empty and drained at the end of the day. So now she mentors multi-passionate coaches and service providers to align and scale their offers and make more sales and impact while having fun in their businesses. She has both one-on-one mentorship and the Quantum Clients Academy. When she's not working, she loves to nerd out over board games with her three younger siblings, spend her summers gardening in her Minnesota home, and travel to beachy places to find good food during winter. In the episode, you'll hear just briefly about how Diane traveled to 20 different places over the course of 20 months several years ago, and suffice it to say that the girl knows how to create a life well-lived. And you know, I think that so many of us can relate to feeling like we have so much success on the outside, like on paper, our lives look perfect um, to others around us, but yet we feel empty and drained at the end of our work days, like Diane did. And for me, that was certainly true in my medical career. Nothing was wrong. Everything looked great on the surface, but I just wasn't feeling completely fulfilled in what I was doing. And so the mindset shifts that I have achieved through coaching have really helped me to reconnect to my love of practicing medicine. And then having this coaching business has also opened up this new creative playground where I really feel like I am creating my life on purpose just the way I want it to be. So if you can relate to sort of feeling like you might be ready to deviate from the course that you're on, and if you want to hear all about creating your own path, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation that I have with Diane. Okay. Hi, Diane. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. I love having guests on my podcast, especially when they are amazing women that are creating amazing work in the world like you are. So I'm really happy for you to share what you do with my audience. Why don't you give us a little introduction? Tell us about you, what you do. Okay. So I'm I'm so excited to be here because I feel like this is a conversation that we need to have as women, as just multi-passionates and all the good things that we're doing. So for me, I my name is Diane and I started out in corporate and I'm a corporate dropout because I burnt out <laughs> having gone through like a four-year degree in computer science and got my MBA, all that stuff, and then rising up the corporate ladder. And with the hope of I'm going to be in a corner office with glass windows and all that stuff. But then it's just like, okay, seriously, is this what success looks like? And at the end of it all, it's just like, okay, 
I, I get no respect. I uh, starting to lose respect for myself. I need to shift. And I really lean into my superpower, which, I, you know, like throughout my career, I love mentoring other women, especially in IT, especially in the STEM field. So mentoring other women was what was lighting me up. So I decided I'm going to really lean in in the coaching and all that stuff. So I shifted to just have my own business. And now I get to serve globally. And I actually just looked at this yesterday. I'm, I have clients in five different continents. And now I get to have more impact with the world, helping other multi-passionate women, coaches, service provider to get their online businesses launched through my company called Passion Breakthrough and haven't looked back since. And that was like three years ago, right when COVID happened. Oh my gosh. What a tricky transition. Was it um, because of COVID that you sort of felt like called to do it then, or did it just coincidentally line up? You know, actually for me, what happened was that I, I was one of those people that made a decision to jump in to take a break before COVID actually. And I was, I was happy that I did that because in 2019, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to take an, a year and just, I quit corporate before everyone else did. And then I'm going to take all these months traveling the world. So I got to travel 20, 20 different places in 20 months and then COVID happened. And I'm just like, I'm not going back. Yeah. Like I'm just going to go all in. And I, I just went for just go doing my business. And then, you know, it just made more magic happen in my life and in my business from there. Yeah. You're such a trailblazer. You were like doing all of that before everybody else got on board with like, oh, maybe we don't want to do these careers forever. Tell yeah. me about the 20 different places you visited in 20 months. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. I, you know, it's been so long. So I got to go, my favorite one, I think is like Alaska, to be honest, because there was a saying there that says something like the, the most, I live in Minnesota right now. So it's in the wintertime, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. But when I got to go to Alaska, there was a t-shirt that says something like the best winter I ever spent was summer in Alaska. <laughs> it really was magical because I got to, um, there was like a fire in the forest that we drove through. There was like flooding we had to drive through. There was so many adventures and it's just makes so much memory. And that's what makes entrepreneurship really fun is that you have the freedom to just go for it, even though it's scary sometimes, but that's where the magic and the, all the memories happen is really when you um, just go for it. Cause sometimes we don't have an option, but to keep moving forward anyway. Yeah. I love that you say that. I think that sometimes we are so scared to try something new, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's in our career or any other part of our life. But when we limit ourselves out of that fear, we really miss out on so much of the amazingness that's available. Like I know that for me, when I think of, you know, some of the best things that have happened in my life, they've pretty much all come out of something that I was really scared about or hesitant about, or that felt difficult at the time, but the reward was so worth it. So I love that you say that because I think that applies to like every area of our lives. Yeah. And I, I think there's value in leaning into the fear, right? Like, I don't think we should be scared of fear. We should actually lean in and see if it's a valid fear. Because sometimes if it's a rational fear, we should try to talk to ourselves, have a chat with ourselves and be like, okay, is this rational fear or is this like irrational fear? Because if it's irrational, let's take it out of our, throw it out the window and keep moving forward. But then 
if it is rational fear, let's make a plan, right? Like we don't want to just jump into what we want to do without a plan, go off-roading and we have like a tiny little car. <laughs> we're, we're not, we're probably going to like go into the ditch or something, right? Like right. If, if we're not prepared. Yeah, that's such a good point because fear can really teach us, I think. Like, and I love how you say so beautifully to really try to tease out, is this rational fear? And then I can make a plan about it to stay safe. Or is it irrational fear? And I'm just worried about like how I'm going to feel or some uncomfortable emotion or what's somebody going to think or whatever it is. And then in that case, it's like, just go for it. Because so often, you know, I think we have this idea that fear means stop. Because, you know, way back when, back in the day, fear did mean stop. It probably meant that you were going to be eaten by a predator or whatever else, right? But now in our modern lives that are really so safe for so many of us, like as far as physical safety, we still have this hardwiring to be scared of change. But really, there's not as much to be scared of. It really means like, go more, go forward, don't just stop. So I think that that's the perfect example of that that you just gave. Yeah. And there's, there's also like, I think trauma, right. That we can work through. Sometimes it's just a mindset that that we should revisit to make sure that we feel safe. Because again, like maybe we had a fear when we were kids, but now as adults, we do have the tools. So revisiting those fears now that we are more capable, now that we have the power to make a difference. I think that there's power, there's a difference in that too, is that it's okay if you had a fear back then, But now let's see, like, maybe you were afraid to go swim in the ocean because, you know, like something happened when you were a kid. But now revisiting that again, it might bring up some fear and they're valid because something did happen to you. But now trying to figure out why was that and seeing if that's something you want to overcome and is it important enough to you and then going for it if that's something that you want to do. Mm, Absolutely. So I would love you to tell us a little bit more about exactly like what you were feeling in your corporate career and what really sparked that desire to leave that behind and start your own business. It's it's such a mixed emotion. And maybe this is not just me because when I was in corporate, right, like it was successful and I was making money and I felt like I was making an impact, at least for my department, the the people I was leading and, you know, the people around me, they, they were all giving me recommendations and all that stuff. But there's always that like tiny little voice inside of me that's just like, there's more to this, right? Like I being boxed in into a cubicle or into your glass office, whatever that looks like. And having the same old, same old of like, wake up, go to work, go home, work out, repeat. And you're always just tired. You don't have enough energy for the expansive mode that you want to really tap into. And it's just, you you always feel like there's always something that you can lean into. And it's just like, this is just holding you back. And it's this comfort zone. And I always think of it as the rubber band, right? Like, it's always pulling you back into that comfort zone because it's just the safety, again, the fear of like, okay, I know I'm meant to go outside my comfort zone. I know there's more there out there, but it's just going in day in and day out. And it's just draining me of my life force, of my energy. And it's just like, okay, this is so soul sucking from that perspective. I know that I, I loved what I was doing. 
this was something that I was feeling passionate about at the time, but I know there's something else that I was being called to do at this point. So I decided that, you know what, this is, this is something that I need to tap into more and lean into, and then just listen to that tiny voice and see where that leads me. And here we are. Yeah. I mean, I think so many of us, and you know, a lot of my audience is they are women in medicine is what um, a a big portion of my audience is. And I think that so many of us get into these careers where we've like followed a path and there's been a lot of work to get there and so much school and it's like all very linear, you know, and then we hear this like whisper of like, this isn't really what I want, or I'm not Mm -hmm. fully expressed here. I'm not completely happy here, but we tell ourselves, you know, that there's no option. Like I've been on this path. Maybe the people around us think that we should stay on this path. Maybe we look really good on paper and everybody around us is recommending us and thinks we're doing a great job, but we know that there's something more for us. And I think that we get really scared to follow that because, you know, everything does seem like it's fine and good. And we've gone on this path for so long. So I think it takes a lot of courage to sort of deviate and create your own path into something else. It requires risk and being uncomfortable and being courageous. Yeah. And I think curiosity plays into that too, right? Like staying curious and not just, you know, like um, playing small. Um, For me also, it was cultural. Like I, I grew up in the Philippines. So like my family, you know, like they don't necessarily, they support me and they love me no matter what. But to understand why I quote unquote threw away my successful career that, you know, extra schooling, going for my MBA, all that stuff. And it's just like, okay, like this may not make sense to you, but at the end of my life, it's not about the accomplishments that is on paper that matters to me. It's about how full my life was and how many people's lives I got to touch and the ripple effect that I got to make. That's what's important to me. And only each person can make that decision for themselves of what they want to be known for and what they want themselves for themselves to know themselves for. Mm-hmm. Did you have specific conversations with your family like that? Like where you really expressed those things or not so much? Not really. It's just for me. So I, I have little siblings. So when my when we moved from the Philippines to Minnesota, my mom remarried and I have Right now, my sister's actually going to college and she wants to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be the inspirational um, big sister. And I have open conversations with my sister because I feel like she's at that age um, where it's just like, OK, like it's it's OK to go for what you want in life. But you don't have to just be, quote unquote, stuck there based on what the society says. Right. Like I wanted to talk the walk or walk the talk, however way that you say that, because I, I really wanted to show them that, you know what, like I, I did this, I, you know, I went to college, paid for it, all that stuff and went up, you know, like spent over a decade in IT, but you, you need to make it at some point in your life. It's, if it's no longer serving you, it's okay. And giving yourself permission to play around and find the fun again is, is going to be okay. Because again, like for her going into law school, that's going to be a lot of time. That's going to be like internships and like all the um, different things that she's going to have to learn. But then at some point, you know, like I hope she sticks with it. She wants to be in corporate law, but at some point it's just comes to a point where it's just like, is this still serving me? And I want 
to lead that path for her and also for other women to have that decision, to have that power and own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the concept that we get to like redecide about anything in our lives. And it doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, constantly erase everything that we've done and start over and, you know, burn it all down. But when we really redecide, like, do I still want this career? Do I still want to be on this path? Do I still want this relationship? Do I still like these clothes in my closet? Like whatever it is, when we redecide with intention, I feel like that's just so powerful because it takes us out of that. Like I'm just going through the motions and doing this by default. And it really lets us take ownership of the life that we are intentionally creating. So I love that, you know, you talk about that in that way, like that you get to this decision point where you can choose, like, what is it that you want to do? Do you want to still do this? How can you find the fun again? You know, maybe you find that fun in what you're doing currently. I find that so important for a lot of women in medicine who are like rinsing and repeating and going through the motions and they just go and they go home and they chart for hours and they barely see their family and they get up and do it again. You know, it's like, you don't have to leave your career, but you probably want to find the fun again so that you're not just, you know, going through miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes, you know, finding that fun might mean that you totally deviate from what you've been doing. So I think that there's so many options. And as long as we're choosing it on purpose, then we can have, you know, the, the life well lived that we all want. Yeah. I imagine the people that went into medicine are those kids back in the day that, you know, like they were playing with their dolls and, you know, like we want to have that sense of being children again, that we're finding the fun and we're playing and our, you know, like we wear our heart on our sleeves and we show up because it makes us smile. It makes us jump out of bed. And it's just like, okay, like I'm going to heal my teddy bear or I'm going to heal like this Barbie doll or all of these cute things. And then we grow up. And then the reality of it is it's not always just like you heal the teddy bear and then it just magically transform into like fully healed stuff. Sometimes there's like downward part of the roller coaster that we live through, right? And mm-hmm. we have to lean into that uh, the fun part in order for us to get through the not so fun part. Yeah, great point. I mean, I love that you say roller coaster because it's like you can't have the thrill and the fun at the top of the roller coaster if it never goes down, right? Like the one doesn't exist without the other. And I think we get confused about that sometimes because we really think that like everything should just be rainbows and butterflies 24 seven. And it's not like there is discomfort that is there by design to help grow us. So speaking of discomfort that grows us, what was the scariest part when you decided to change course and leave your corporate career and start coaching full time? What was like the scariest part of that for you? You know, honestly, it's still all scary. (laughs) I love that you're so honest. (laughs) Every day, there's always something that should scare you. And there is, right? Like we're always stepping out of our comfort zone. And that's what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first did it, it really is that steady paycheck, right? Like saying that, okay, like I have savings, but we never know like what's going to happen with the world and all that stuff, like recession, whatever, it's always going to be something. So it's that unknown that is scary. On top of it, I've built like over 10 years of connection of support system around me and all these things and starting from zero and just having to trust just myself 
of like, I'm, I'm enough. I'm good enough. And I know enough. And I'm going to go back out there to find my new support system, the people that will really help build me up to, for this new mission that I've set myself up for. That was a little scary because it's like my LinkedIn connection was mostly like in the STEM field. So now it's like, okay, I don't know a lot of entrepreneurs and maybe I know enough because I went to my MBA, but at the same time, application of what I learned in theory is still a little bit, you know, like fluctuates a little bit because it's always evolving. So the learning, the support, and just the financial aspect, I think those were scary when I first started. Mm-hmm. How did you find the support? Because I mean, a lot of people talk about entrepreneurship as being very lonely, mm-hmm. you know, because when you have any kind of corporate job or job in medicine or just job that you go to, you know, you interact with people, you have connections, you have a community just built in, whether you are a hundred percent obsessed with all of the people you work with or not, you at least have so much interaction on a daily basis. And so people talk about entrepreneurship, especially when that's the only thing that they're doing professionally as being very lonely. So how did you find a support system now being an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's that's a great question because I feel like in the online space, it can be like an open ocean where there's so much, right? Like there's a lot of people that are doing similar things and it feels like you're just like one small fish in a big pond. And for me, it was finding a group that I resonated with because there's plenty, like if you're on Facebook, there's plenty of Facebook groups, LinkedIn, similar thing and whatever social media you decide on and local local uh, get-togethers, right? Like there's Meetup, all of these um, Eventbrite and whatnot. So it's just choosing where you want to hang out and being very intentional when you do show up there that you're either there to look for people that to collaborate with, to look for a mentor, to look for accountability partners, to look for clients. All of those things build over time, right? Like if you're not intentional, it's going to get drowned out and you're going to just like start collecting numbers and you're not going to deepen those relationships. The whole point is that we need to get deeper in the relationships. Otherwise, we're never going to get to know each other and we're not going to know what we really need in the online space because we're not stopping long enough for us to understand, is this the right person to partner up with or is this even what I needed to begin with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally makes sense. And I think that can apply like even to people who aren't entrepreneurs, aren't in the online space. That was just making me think about how, you know, even if you're not going to take a new path and change your career and you are going to stay doing what you're doing, the community aspect aspect is so important. And I think that so many of us just get stuck in going through the motions, like we were saying earlier, that we don't really think about like, how we can have a support system within the community that we already have. Like, you know, what is your intention when you go into the doctor's lounge? Do you want to find a new friend? Like maybe you find a colleague that you can collaborate with on something um, or do, you know, something outside of your normal clinical duties. Um, Maybe you want to find someone that like shares your love for running and you have a new running partner and like you can, you know, all of that is available to us, like in whatever we're doing, that community is available. And I think sometimes we, think that we kind of just have to like 
stay going it alone and we don't really let that community support us. So I think that's a really beautiful thing to bring up. And I also loved how you were talking about when you um, were shifting into entrepreneurship, how you had to like really learn to trust yourself and like listen to yourself. Talk a little bit more about that. I've been um, really thinking a lot about intuition lately and that relationship with self is always the foundation for every other relationship. So tell us a little bit more about like what that self-trust has evolved to look like for you. Oh my gosh, this has been something that I've been working through a lot because I feel like as, um, I don't want to say logical women, but people that are in the STEM field tend to lead with their heads, right? Like we, we really think things through. And sometimes for me, at least I... Um, I do like overanalyze and like analysis paralysis and just overthink and all those things. So sometimes our superpower can be the worst of us sometimes. <laughs> so just kind of turning that faucet off a little or at least turn it down slightly and really I don't want to say listening to your heart because that sounds so cheesy and generalized, <laughs> but there's different activities that I've done and that I tell my clients is that, you know, you need to make the space to journal, to meditate, you know, like it's not going to, when I first meditated, either I fall asleep or I get bored. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not natural for me. So it's just one of those things that it's going to take practice just like anything else. But however way that it works for you, like, maybe you're competitive maybe it's just like you challenge yourself to be like i'm going to perf- i'm going to be better at listening to myself and trusting myself and over time your intuition it gets turned back on and your intuition is just like oh i guess she is trusting herself more maybe mm-hmm. she is going to listen to me more these days instead of just overanalyzing and overrationalizing all of these things and then it now you're going to start to feel good about the decisions instead of just like rethinking if you made the right decisions. Yeah, you're so right. I totally agree with you that like, especially in these fields, we are trained to overanalyze. And probably a lot of us come into these STEM fields because we are naturally good at like thinking, being rational, analyzing, Um, And like our greatest strength is often also our greatest weakness. Like we're saying, it's like sometimes we overdo it. And so I think that we maybe come into these fields because we're naturally analytical and then we're really trained to continue to like think and overthink. And we just lose so much touch with like that inner wisdom that we have. And I love that you suggest like the journaling, the meditation, just that space to start to listen again. I think that that's something that a lot of us, myself included, struggle with. And it can be one of the best things that we can do to strengthen our relationship with ourselves. And that is to, you know, get really in touch with our intuition and our inner wisdom. Cause you know, how can you have a strong relationship with yourself if you don't even like listen to or pay attention to what you innately know? So I love like that idea of giving yourself space to really tap back into your intuition. For sure. And I think it's just, you know, just start with like five minutes, go, go out and, you know, something different, right? Like we get so caught up with what we're doing day to day, but we're trying to rewire our brains, right? Like we're trying to do something completely different than what we're normally doing. So whether that's going on a quick walk or just going out, open up the window and like taking a breath and, or giving yourself a hug or pat on the back and saying like, you're doing good. 
Mm-hmm. And because we all have that um, intuition, right? Like we just over time through the education we had to go through, we had to tune it down. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to turn it back on. So that's why we want to give ourselves the space to learn how to rewire and turn it back on. Yeah. And what a gift that we can rewire, right? Like, I just love how, you know, our brains really can adapt, change, relearn, do something totally different when we put the focus on that. I think that's such an amazing part of being a human, you know? For sure. So in our last couple of minutes, Diane, I would love to know, like, what is your advice for someone who is, you know, they're so successful, but they're just feeling kind of empty or unfulfilled and they're considering maybe blazing a new trail or taking a new path. What would your advice be to someone like that? Um, actually it goes back to another thought that I had in terms of finding your tribe, right? Like when, when you're, I think us as go-getter women, right? Like we are so powerful. We were, we want you to empower yourselves, right? Like we want you to trust into your intuition, but it's so lonely to do it by yourself. And we, if we're the smartest person in the room, we're in the wrong room. So my advice is that, and this is something I've done incorrectly when I first started. So I know this is, this is a mistake that I don't want you guys to make is that you need to really find your tribe. And when you do, don't just find someone that's so similar to yourself, find someone that compliments you, right? Like find someone that you resonate with, like their personality, you know, like you're in similar integrity, ethics, all that stuff. But like, for example, like for me, I hire mentors that help me with that um, mindset rewire, right? Like that's something that I need. But like for my clients, I help them with their automation. I help them with their sales in the online space, all that thing, because not every single entrepreneur comes to the online space to find what tech, to find what marketing, all that thing. So find someone that complements your skill set. If you're going in the health coaching space, find someone that complements that and try to pull out your genius out of you and get it out to the world so that you can make a bigger impact faster. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And you know, that got me thinking about like, in relationships for those listeners and clients of mine that are dating. I think that that can be a really beautiful thing. Don't find like someone who's your twin, even though we all think that our partner should be exactly like us in some ways find that person that compliments you and that really like sparks that um, development of like your best self. So it applies to business. It applies to work and it applies to relationships as all of these things do. Yes, for sure. I love that. So if my listeners want to get in touch with you, which I highly recommend that they do, where can they find you? Um, You know, my website and my Instagram handles and my Facebook and LinkedIn, all that stuff, it is called Passion Breakthrough. So you can find all the information, passionbreakthrough.com, and you can tap into my academy. I have some free lead magnets in there. And I'm also happy to have conversations with people that are tuning into this conversation to be like, okay, like what's my superpower and how can I tap into it? Uh, just drop me a message on either Instagram or on Facebook and be like, hey, I tuned into this podcast episode and I could really use a couple, <laughs> you know, a couple strategies on how I can turn this into a business. I'm happy to have that conversation as well. 
Oh, I love that. That's so generous of you. Thank you so much for being here. This was really fun chatting and, you know, getting to know a little bit more about your story. I think it's really going to benefit the listeners. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay, my friends, I hope you loved that conversation between me and Diane. I know that I did. She has so much wisdom to offer just from her own lived experiences and all of the expertise that she brings to the table. So please go and check her out. All of the links that she mentioned are in the show notes of this episode. And I can't wait to talk to you on next week's episode of the Uplevel Your Relationships podcast. Take care.